Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The Man Who Killed Hitler and Then Bigfoot follows the epic adventures of an American legend that no one has ever heard of. Since World War II, Calvin Barr, played by Sam Elliott, has lived with the secret that he was responsible for the assassination of Adolf Hitler. Now, decades later, the U.S. government has called upon him for a new top-secret mission, Bigfoot. Bigfoot has been living deep in the Canadian wilderness and is carrying out a deadly plague that is threatening to spread to the general population. Relying on the same skills that he honed during the war, Calvin must set out to save the life of the free world yet again. And that is the uh, this backstory behind this terrific new film, The Man Who Killed Hitler and Then Bigfoot. And that would be from the director and writer of the film, Robert Kruskowski. Robert, yeah. wel- welcome to film school. Hi, how are you? I'm doing I'm fantastic. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, terrific. Uh, congratulations on a film that is, when you read the title, and you, you, you know, for... A lot of people are going to think this is sounds so wacky, I'm you know, and crazy, that this film could go anywhere. It could almost, I mean, it could go in any direction, but it it is played by and large. It's played pretty straight ahead, and it's a terrifically endearing, thoughtful film that sort of defies expectations. And it's it's just a wonderful experience. And tell me a little bit about the the project itself. You're the writer and as well as the director. Where did you come up with this uh, this uh, idea for the film? Well, as you read in the synopsis, it, it has this kind of pulp adventure element to it, um, but it's also a character study and a romance, and um, it's uh, a story about um, a man who did these two incredible things, and the title kind of lets us know uh, exactly what to expect, and then as the movie progresses, uh I hope a deeper layer is is kind of revealed. And in the writing, that just kind of emerged um, that it should be about an older man looking backwards and spread these two timelines further apart, and that there could be something mythic about that. And um, I could almost use it as a parable, this idea of Hitler being a monster, though he was real, and Bigfoot being a monster, though it's this mythic thing. And both of them are spreading plagues. Hitler was spreading a plague of ideas, and the Bigfoot was spreading a literal plague. So I was able to use the reality of World War II and then uh, this whole mythic hunt, which is something like the old man in the sea or Moby Dick. Yeah. That's how I felt watching the film in terms of we are, yes, it's a, it, this story is about Adolf Hitler and, and then Bigfoot, but it feels like a, a man near the end of his life grappling with these dawning realities, these intractable monsters in his own life, the regrets, the the expectations for the rest of his life, all of these things are metaphorically the monsters. They're, they are the elephants in the room, if you will, for, for uh, Sam Elliott's character of Calvin yeah. Barr. And we see it play out, and I love the, the, the device you use. We, we also see uh, Aiden Turner as the young Calvin Barr. I, I just like the way that we went back and forth. It's a, it's a film with with a lot of empathy for the characters, everyone involved, and 
uh, it really comes across, even though you are dealing, like I said, with these monsters, these monstrous ideas, and the the, the idea of the the, the the end of civilization. There are a lot of big big picture things, but also very humanizing parts of the film. Um, is that was your was this your intent? If I if I correctly read into, into yeah, the film? no, you're 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 exactly right. And there was something that you said that I think is important too. Is that you said some of the monsters in this film are his fear and his loss and his regret. And I think that those are all of our common enemies. And I wanted very much that by the end of this film, you realize that the two monsters in the title aren't the only things that can haunt a person. It's actually much smaller things. And that this hero that's incredibly courageous and able shares frailties that are similar to all of us. And I thought that that was something worth exploring in, in an American hero like this. Yeah. It is. It is that, and it's it's filmed over, as I said, because of the flashbacks to uh, the younger Calvin Barr, Aiden Turner, who does a wonderful job of the young Sam Elliott, and Sam Elliott continues to yeah. be an American theatrical cinematic treasure. He is, he's a he's an actor that one of the benefits of casting Sam Elliott is not only are you going to get him to play the role of Calvin Barr. But along with it comes this gravitas that he brings to every role that he plays. This bearing that he has as an actor and as I assume as a person, it just feels like it sort of bleeds yeah, into right. into it. Is that is that fair? That's very fair. He he's as good a person as you'd expect that he is, and he's even better. He's an uh, incredibly deep, intelligent actor. He asks really, really smart questions, very deep questions, and all the things that aren't on the page, he wants to know and understand so that that can inform his character, and then he completely immerses himself. And so when the end credits roll on this movie, it has a reality to it that a movie with this title probably shouldn't have, and a strange feeling washes over you that nothing in this movie was half as strange as you actually thought it would be. It, it all kind of has a sense of reality to it, and that was so important in the casting, and when you realized that that was very likely going to be Sam, it gave me a lot of confidence that this whole idea could start to work, and, and really, it, it needed somebody like Sam, and when I think about it really hard, I'm not sure there are many people that bring with him all the gifts that he brought to this movie. The film defies expectations. That's the thing that uh, I keep coming back to, and entitling it The Man Who Killed Hitler and then Bigfoot You've kind of, I mean, you've you've projected way ahead <laughs> in the movie, so that w so it takes some of the element of wondering. Or it could, or you know, oftentimes you see a film and it's mis it it's mislabeled in some way. But in this film, this particular film, I don't think I'm giving yeah. uh, spoiler alert here. But that this is actually these are the things that happen. <laughs> but that's because that's not the important part of the film itself. It is. It's an important yeah. part, but. It, it's not the it's not the purpose of the film, right? You got it, and that 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 was so important to me. And I know not everybody has gotten that from the title, and, and you're one of the few people that have exactly understood why that title is what it is. It's because if you're a thinking audience member and you trust these filmmakers across the board that made this movie, you would have to assume that there's more to it than <laughs> just that title. That can't be all there is. And exactly. So there's this whole other layer. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I will tell you a film that this reminds me of, and uh, this reminds sure. me of the of the natural. 
because well, you, you nailed it. I don't know if you've ever read any of my other interviews, but that that's one of the biggest, absolute biggest thing. It's Bernard Malamud's book, The Natural, is the biggest influence on this because it's much more brutal in the way it represents the heroism, and then kind of deconstructs it. I mean, in the end of the book, The Natural, um, he he cheats and. With the kids in town who used to look up to him and love him, they don't love him anymore. And he, he's not the hero that he was anymore. And while Bar never cheats, he isn't the type of hero that everyone else feels that he is. So it's kind of a, an, an opposite of the natural, but it's meant to be a deconstruction of, of what an American hero is. And the, the natural is one of the biggest influences. Robert, I swear to you, I had not read that. I didn't. I I had no idea. So, <laughs> so I I thank you. I, I'm I'm uh, I am patting myself on the back uh, right now as we speak because, it, because it, yeah, it has these elements of the what ifs of life. The what I've probably done fifty of I've probably done fifty of these I've probably done fifty of these interviews and nobody's nobody's pulled that out yet. So I have to I'll pat you on the back too. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Well, it, again, it, it's 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 about you know what what we what we assume life will be like and what it ends up being, and the reconciling of that and and the the the, the correlations between the two is the, the, these amazing people who the, it's but it's always the what if what could have been. I mean, as as Redford's character says, you know, I could have been the greatest. You know, and 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 yet I was tripped up yeah. by my own humanity, my own my own failings, my own yeah. my own undo, uh, undid me. And Sam Elliott, I think, would say that yeah. the same thing. I think Calvin Barr would say the same thing. He was undone by by his own uh, by his own at his own hand, really, in a lot of ways. Yeah, there was a part of this that I was thinking about. What if a, what if a person like Mister Rogers was incredibly capable at violent action? How would that type of a person feel about that and what would they be like later in their life and there's shots in this movie bar taking off his shoes on the bench that's literally meant to mirror something that mr rogers did so i know that sounds silly but i was trying to analyze a hero that's a little more like a norman rockwell character caricature and not so much a, a james bond or an indiana jones even though indiana jones i think is more moral than james bond even though i love james bond movies right well, I'm 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 fearful that we're running out of time, so I'm gonna so I'm gonna ask you a couple of quick questions here. Uh, in terms, oh, one last thing about the cast: you, you you cast Larry Miller, who's it's always a joy to see him. But I really want to single out Caitlin Fitzgerald because she does w- one of those can be a thankless role of the girl that got away, but yeah. she, it's a terrific chemistry between her and Aiden, and I just thought they were terrific together in the film, and I thought I thought this really gives. That extra layer of the 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 poignancy to the film uh, is their relationship. There were 500 people that tried out for the role of Maxine, and when 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 Kelly Roy and I saw um, our casting director and I saw Caitlin's audition, it was just so apparent that this is the type of person that Barr would fall in love with and and look up to. It was very important to me that that Barr look up to this person. And that this person is, is better than him and more sure of themselves and, and, and knows what they want. And Barr is always in flux on all of those things. And that she leads him at every turn. She's the one that says, I love you first. She's the one that enters the hat shop to meet him. She's the one that asks him to come out and talk to him. And she's the one that ultimately chooses to go away. And that was, that, that was something I knew Caitlin 
responded to and cared about, and also her grandmother used to write letters to her grandfather in World War II. And I know that that's a, a very common thing that we see in these type of movies, but it was real to this one, and it was something that was very real to her and her family history and, and, and felt like we could we could do something with it that was unique in this movie. Yeah, wow. Well, the film The Man Who Killed Hitler and then Bigfoot is in theaters, and uh, people can find it. What's the website for people to find out about the film? Uh, RLJ Films is uh, distributing it, and it comes out in theaters February 8th and also on uh, streaming, VOD, uh, all platforms. And obviously, John Sayles, Douglas Trumbull, yes. Lucky McKee, Thank myself, you. Uh, Richard Yurisich, all the filmmakers. We would love it if you, if everyone went. If, you, if this sounds interesting to you, go support it in a movie theater. Yeah. And not just this movie. If you see another independent film that gets a small theatrical release like this and you see it playing even if it's 40 minutes away, if this sounds worth it to you, go see it because we have to... We have to prop up movies like this so more of them get made. It was incredibly brave with Epic Pictures and Patrick Ewald to make this movie and to give us total creative control and let it be the movie that it is. And then for RLJ Films, who just released Mandy, to release this one, uh, just trusting it completely, that's a sign of respect to the audience and that's trying to give them something different. So if that sounds interesting to you, um, celebrate that type of thing and not just for this movie. Amen. Amen to that. RLJE Films is the the releasing uh, outfit, and it's in theaters. It's in VOD, as you said. But I again, I'm I just had this conversation with another filmmaker, and I can tell you one of the reasons why independent filmmaking is is dying on the vine is because there isn't an infrastructure to support the the um, the film when it comes out when it's in theaters. Weeklies are going away. Newspapers are doing fewer reviews. There aren't that many outlets, so, so that when people yeah. b drive by the marquee, you know, by a Lemley marquee, that may be the first time they've they ever seen or heard. Yeah, they have no idea what this is about. The infrastructure that supported independent and these little movies don't. Yeah, it's not there. Yeah, it's 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 not there, and and also these small independent films don't have the financial infrastructure to market themselves. It, it relies on people to be looking for them and to go pursue them. Right. But and there's something really cool about about that because it empowers the audience to to make a choice and to and to be a part of the type of movies that they want to see. Yeah. Um you're right. Yeah, so, but, I mean, it, 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 I guess up to all of us, it's a cyclical thing. Yeah, you're right. Well, I, you, this is your directorial debut. I look forward to future work. I hope you'll come back and join us again. Robert Kozlowski, thank you so much for being here on Film School. Thank you, Mike. Have a great day. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.